Good morning, Hopevale. Will you please stand to your feet? We're going to lift our voices this morning in song. We're going to sing to the King of Kings this morning. Let's lift this up. Sing to the King who is coming to reign. Continue to lift our voices this morning to our great God. Let's 
have done great things, great things in our lives, great things in our midst. And Jesus, we remember the greatest thing that you've already done for us, sacrificing yourself to pay the punishment for our sins. We are so grateful. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time. Thank you for bringing all of us here today. We lift you high, Jesus, and it's in your name that we worship. Amen. Good morning. We're so glad that you're here today. If you've uh, got a little bit of room next to you, if you could squeeze in to make room for others, that would be awesome. But as you're doing that, why don't you turn and greet one another this morning? Well, good morning again, everybody. I'm Sam. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. What a beautiful day to be inside, right? (laughs) 
turn to the person next to you and ask them, do you have an umbrella? Uh, because you might need them on the way out. Uh, welcome to Hope Vale. We are so glad that you're here with us this morning. If you are visiting here with us, we want to say an extra special welcome to you. And if you wouldn't mind, um, everybody was given a program as you walked in. There's a bottom portion of that program. If you wouldn't mind, if you are visiting with us, uh, to, to fill out that bottom portion, tear it off, and you can take it to the Welcome Center afterwards, and you can turn it in there. Um, just to get connected with us, we want to connect with you, and we have a special gift for you if you do that. Um, just to say thank you so much for being here. Well, I want to take a few seconds here this morning to talk about our Hopevale mobile app. How many of you just raise your hand? You are connected on our mobile app. If you could just raise your hand. Okay, so a, a big majority of us are not, and so that's why I want to talk about it. We reference it a lot here, but we don't really talk about what it is. And so our Hopevale mobile app is a great way for you to get further connected more easily here at Hopevale. You can do things like watch sermons, listen to uh, sermons. You can follow along during the message. You can find a group to get connected with, um, and you can actually set up online giving through our mobile app and make it a lot easier to do things like that. And so um, what you would do is just go to your app store and find uh, search Hopevale Church, find the one with our logo on it, and you would click get, install, download, whatever, and just start exploring that mobile app. And you can find yourself getting more easily connected with a lot of stuff that we're doing around here at Hopevale. So I would encourage you to do that. Well, as our ushers come forward this morning, we're going to continue our service with a, a moment of generosity and giving. You know, I was in our, our preteen ministry, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade just a little bit ago, and just checking that out, and I was talking with Rob Quinn, our preteen director, and man, there's just some awesome stuff going on in that ministry at a crucial time period where, you know, we need to, to share the gospel and, and help um, those fourth, fifth, and sixth graders know who Jesus is and help him follow him, uh, help them follow him better, and they're just doing an amazing job, and I just want to let you know that you're giving matters as it relates to ministries like that. So way to go, church. Way to go. And so as we do that, let's go to God in prayer. God, we just thank you so much. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for a moment where we can come to you, where we can uh, escape the dreary rain and craziness that's going on outside and come in here and just celebrate your beauty and your majesty. And God, as we prepare to give, may we give from a generous heart, knowing that you're going to use that to bless people, bless ministries, bless people outside the walls of our church. God, you're going to take that to help people know who your son Jesus is and help them follow him in a better way. And so as we give, God, may we give out of a heart of generosity, worshiping you and saying we love you and we thank you for all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 8, verses 23 through 26, says, They all, speaking of Jesus and the disciples, got into a boat and began to cross over to the other side of the lake. And Jesus, exhausted, fell asleep. Suddenly a violent storm developed with waves so high the boat was about to be swamped, yet Jesus continued to sleep soundly. His disciples yelled, saying, Save us, Lord, we're going to die. But Jesus reprimanded them, why are you gripped with fear? Where is your faith? Then he stood up and he rebuked the storm and said, be still. And suddenly everything was calm. Two things stand out to me in this story. One, that fear and panic creep in as soon as we take our eyes off of Jesus and put them on the storms of our life. And two, that even though he reprimanded them and got after them saying, where is your faith? He still bailed them out in the end. He still showed up in their fear, in their panic, and told the storm in their life to be still, and that's our Savior, isn't it? He shows up time and time again with grace upon grace upon grace, and I think it's because, as Psalms 103, 14 says, He knows how we were formed, and He remembers that we are just dust. So I ask you, do you have a storm in your life this morning? cry out to Jesus. Have fear and panic already set in. Cry out to Jesus. Do you need an extra added measure of faith for the journey that is before you? Cry out to Jesus because he knows how you were formed and he remembers that we are just dust. 
every time I face the waves I don't wanna be afraid No, I don't wanna be afraid I don't wanna feel the storm Just because I hear it roar No, I don't wanna feel the storm I don't wanna feel the storm Set my feet upon the sea Till I'm dancing in the deep Oh, please be still You are here so it is well If you hear my eyes can't see I will trust the voice that speaks Would you go ahead and stand and sing with us? Oh, I'm not gonna be afraid Cause these waves are only waves No, I'm not gonna be afraid Say it I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna fear the storm Cause you are greater than this roar I'm not gonna fear the storm Upon the sea till I'm dancing in the deep. Oh, please be still. You are here, so it is well. Even when my eyes can't see, I will trust the voice that speaks. with you. 
for calming the storms in our lives. Thank you for being strong when we are weak. Thank you for remembering how we were formed and that we really are just dust. And that the burdens in our lives we were never meant to carry. We were meant to cast them at your feet and trust you with them. Give us the faith today to trust you more. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Well, good morning, Hopevale. It's been a great day, hasn't it, already? Just powerful worship that we get to share together. I'm Dan Davis, senior pastor. Uh, so good to share this day of worship with you. I want to welcome those of you watching in Bay City as well and joining us. Yes, I can hear you from here. So it's always great being out there. They give a little shout out, and it's phenomenal. Hey, Bay City, uh, I want to personally invite you to... Uh, coffee that we're hosting Tuesday night at the Ministry Center, 6.30. The elders, Pastor Paul and I, are going to be out there. Just talk about all things Bay City, what's happening there, and answer questions as we're going through this transitionary time. So love to invite you out there and see you there next, or this Tuesday night at the Ministry Center, uh, 6.30. Also, too, for both campuses, want to let you know about an event we're hosting tonight. We're calling it Israel Up Close and Personal, an uh, opportunity for us to hear from a dear friend of ours, uh, Amit Grinfeld. Amit has been our tour guide for both our Israel trips. He is a gifted historian. He is a published author. And as a matter of fact, halfway around the world, Amit is with us here in Saginaw this morning. I believe somewhere over here. Can I have you stand? Stand up, Amit. Uh, so in addition to tonight at 6 p.m., Pastor Pete and Amit, I, I didn't plan that, right? We're walking down the street. Yeah, and um, 
Okay, uh, they're actually going to be in the hub uh, following the service, and if you want to meet a meet, sorry, um, you can do that. So, hey, uh, last week, we began a new seven-week message series simply entitled Life, Life with a capital L. And the kind of life we looked at, you know, this goes so far beyond just our bodily and physical existence. No, we spent our time talking about another kind of life, a kind of life that runs much deeper than that. It's what's originally described in the New Testament as Zoe life. Zoe life, which speaks to our meaning, our fulfillment, our purpose, answering questions like, why am I here? In other words, we can spend all the years we're given simply existing, but not really living. So what is it that will bring lasting joy to our hearts, deep satisfaction to our souls? What is it that will stop that endless cycle, right, that we go through of desperate searching, initial hope, but eventual frustration and letdown? What is it that is going to make us feel complete from within? The answer, as you've picked up today, is Jesus. Jesus, the Jesus we saw who was there with God the Father before time began, the eternal word of God who is not only with God in the beginning, but who also himself is God. The Son of God who left the glories of heaven and entered into the messiness of our world, born 2,000 years ago as Jesus of Nazareth. And he came to us for a very specific reason. Look at these words that Jesus speaks to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10, our theme passage for this series. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, capital L life, Zoe life, and have it to the full. Jesus came into our world. He lived a morally perfect life. He died a sacrificial death on the cross in our place for our sins, and he rose victoriously from the grave. Why? So that you, so that I could enter into this capital L life that only he can give. And why exactly did Jesus do all this for us? He did it because he is love and we are lost. He is love and we are lost. That apart from him, we will never experience this capital L life we're all created to enjoy. I have come, Jesus said, that they may have life and have it to the full. So that's what this series is about. And that's what this church is about too. We are. We are about Jesus. We are about celebrating like we've done today and sharing the life that he came to bring. And we want to help as many as we can experience as much of that life as possible. So how does that happen? Well, as I said at the end of last week's message, when we think about this capital L life that Jesus offers, all of us are faced with these two challenges, right? These two challenges. The first is this, the challenge to enter into life by knowing Jesus personally as your Savior. Not knowing about, but knowing in a personal way. That there needs to come a time in our lives where our eternal soul cries out to the eternal God in faith, in repentance, in desperation, that we need Jesus to be our Savior in a personal way, to forgive us of our sins, to free us from our bondage, and to bring us peace with God. Last week, I invited you to enter into that life with Jesus. And you know what? The invitation still stands. Jesus is there with his arms wide open, waiting for you to respond. And so my encouragement to you is this. Don't put off to an uncertain tomorrow what you can respond to in a certain today. Enter into life by knowing Jesus personally as your Savior. That's the first challenge. Here is the second. Experience more of life, capital L, life, by following Jesus fully as your Lord. I mean, like I said last week, entering into capital L life that Jesus came to bring us, that is incredible, it really is. When his life becomes ours, it changes everything, but that's only the start. It's only the start of the adventure, it's only the start of the journey because experiencing more of this life is even better. So Jesus says, yes, I have come that you may have life and that is great, but don't stop there. No, he goes on, and so that you may enjoy it 
to the fullest possible extent. So the Christian life is our journey into this even greater experience of capital L life as we follow Jesus more fully as our Lord. And it is a journey that never stops this side of heaven. No, there's always gonna be more of Jesus' life for us to experience, and there's always gonna be more of our life to surrender back to him. And so it's the second challenge that we're gonna dig deeper into over these next six weeks, how you can follow Jesus more fully as your Lord, how you can grow as a Christian, and how we as a church can help. So to begin that conversation, I wanna start with a roadmap, okay? A roadmap of where we're going. Actually, it is a visual model, a life model of how we grow in our faith as Christians and how we can experience even more of this life in Jesus. So here it is, called our life model, right? Jesus came, died, and rose again so that you may have life and have it to the full. That it starts with life with Jesus, life with people, and then life with purpose. Life with Jesus, life with people, life with purpose. Say those three with me. Life with Jesus, life with people, and life with purpose. That you begin at the core and work your way out. And it's important you understand that because this isn't a checklist, right? That once you're done with the first thing, you move on to the second. No, you start with Jesus and you stay with Jesus right at the center of your life. Life with Jesus, this is what it means for him to be your Lord. After the opening message last week, we closed with with the song, Build My Life, right? And those lyrics totally capture what I'm talking about here. I will build, Lord. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken. And so as we build upon life with Jesus, It's going to positively, it's going to radically affect our life with people, right? And it needs to because you and I were never meant to live alone. No, Jesus transforms our relationships in the home, in the church, beyond these four walls. And then as we are loving God and loving people, our life with purpose, real purpose, begins to take shape. Our hearts enlarge, our vision expands, and Jesus leads us to live for something bigger than ourselves, to live for his glory, his honor, his kingdom, life with Jesus, life with people, life with purpose. That's where we're headed over these next six weeks, but for the rest of today, let's go ahead and start with the core, right? Life with Jesus, that if you know Jesus personally as your Savior and you're striving to follow him more fully as your Lord. What does life with Jesus mean for us? And what do you need to do to nurture and to grow that life? Well, this week and next, I'm going to give you two simple commands around the core, this life with Jesus, right? And how to build that core in your life. So here is the first, right? Glorify Jesus in everything. Glorify Jesus in everything. That for us as Christians, it all starts here, to glorify or to honor or to worship Jesus in everything. Everything you say and do. Everything you think and feel. Everything you choose and respond to. There is absolutely nothing in your life that is off limits to Jesus. Glorify Jesus in everything. So what does that mean? How do you do it? And how can we as a church help you along the way? Well, this is where our understanding of what the Bible teaches about faith and forgiveness, what the Bible teaches about salvation and significance, what the Bible teaches about maturity and motivation, why all this is so important. So I want us to look at a very key passage that needs to shape our thinking so that it'll change our living. To shape our thinking about what it means to glorify Jesus and everything so that it'll change our living. This passage is found in the New Testament. It's written by the Apostle Paul, interesting guy, because he actually was a violent oppressor of Christians before the risen Jesus miraculously intervened in his life and supernaturally revealed to Paul that Jesus was indeed the Son of God and the Savior of mankind. This is how Paul, who calls himself the least deserving of all, how he entered into life with Jesus. 
And then from there, Paul experienced even more of that life as he grew as a Jesus follower. And because of that, he wanted everyone else around him to have that same capital L life for themselves. And so Paul lived with people. And God had given him a special purpose where Paul preached sermons, where he planted churches, and he wrote letters, letters that found their way into our Bible for the benefit of everyone, including us 2,000 years later. And so when we talk about glorifying Jesus and everything, there's something very critical that we need to get right, right? And that has to do with our motivation. In other words, why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? What is our proper motivation for us as Christians to want to glorify Jesus and everything? Well, here's what Paul has to say about that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, he says this, For Christ's love compels us. I love that word. Do you feel the strength in that word? Compels us. Other English translations say controls us. Because we are convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt. That one died for all, therefore all died. Right at the top, Paul answers the motivation question. I do what I do because I am compelled by the love of Christ. Jesus died for me, the ultimate act of love, and because of that, his death opened the way for me, the most undeserving, to enter into that capital L life. And when I did, Paul says, my old life with all its self-centeredness, died with it. That's why I am, as Paul says in this chapter in 2 Corinthians 5, a new creation in Christ. And so because of that, I'm compelled. I'm compelled to action. I'm compelled to obedience. I'm compelled to love, to love God, to love others because of Jesus Christ's love for me. Verse 15, and he, Jesus, died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Do you see the switch? Do you see the change? That because Jesus is my crucified Savior and my risen Lord, it's no longer about me, right? I myself am no longer at the core, life with me, right? No. I'm no longer held captive to the vain pursuit, trying to live for my glory and everything. No, the pressure's off, the loneliness is gone, the fear is cast out by the perfect love of Jesus who gives me life and makes me complete. So essential that you and I know and that we keep on remembering all that Jesus has done for us. How much we are loved by him and the capital L life that is ours in him, right? That he died for all that those who really live should no longer spend the rest of their days selfishly living for their own agenda but now gratefully living for the one who died for them and was raised again. And when we grasp this, we're going to be so encouraged and so empowered to live life out of this core of life with Jesus and to glorify him in everything. Let me put it this way. Some of us were, or maybe still are, raised To think religion with these words, guilt, pressure, I have to. This failed motivation of my own moral effort apart from Jesus. Far too many of us think about God, think about church, think about Sundays that way, right? Where our moral motivation is one of guilt. And guilt says what? Guilt says be better. Guilt says try harder. Guilt says stop messing up. And and when we do, then we double down on our efforts, right? We hope that Jesus is pleased with our moral performance. So what do we do? We go to church more frequently. We put money in the plate and help the needy. We try to be kinder to people and not so angry all the time. And on and on it goes. The problem is we never quite get there, right? Either because we keep on messing up or because there's always more you can do. We never quite get there. And you know what that leads to? That only leads to even more pressure. Where my motivation is, I have to, I have to, I have to. In the end, do you know what this approach produces in churches? Dropouts and hypocrites. Dropouts and hypocrites. People who either give up and bail on the church because they can't do it anymore. 
or people who selectively change the rules and convince themselves they're better than the rest, which in their mind is good enough for God. Dropouts and hypocrites. The sad thing is, though, as so many churches have seen, the more hypocrites eventually lead to more dropouts, Because people see the inconsistency and they conclude, well, if that's what this is all about, then I'm out of here, right? Listen, guilt and pressure were never meant to be our motivation in wanting to glorify Jesus and everything. No, instead, when we read Paul's words in 2 Corinthians about being compelled by Jesus' love, and when we take hold of the capital L life we have in him, then experience even more of it, it changes our heart completely. Changes our heart completely and we are given a new and we're given a better motivation that looks like this. A motivation of grace. We're glorifying Jesus is no longer a matter of pressure, it's a matter of what a privilege it is. Not I have to, but I get to. And the more our grasp of grace seeps into every fiber of our being, it produces a sense of gratitude. Jesus, you did that for me? How can it be? How can it be? And as you see here, we go from pressure to privilege. And that privilege, as God continues to change the desires of our hearts to conform to his desires, glorifying Jesus eventually becomes a pleasure. We're more and more in life as we grow in our faith. This becomes our greatest joy to live for the one who died for us and rose again. And so this pressure of a have-to motivation turns into a privilege of, I get to do this, right? I get to do this, and I want to do this. That's what grace and gratitude do for us, right? I mean, think about that. Wouldn't it be great to have a life where the pressure is gone and this really becomes your pleasure because that's what happens when you and I are compelled by the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus for us and the love of Jesus in us. And so when you have this proper motivation or should I say powerful motivation to glorify Jesus in everything, then you gotta feed that. So what's that look like in church? What does that look like for each one of us personally? How do we do this? Let's go from the why to the how and talk about a couple things. It it has to do with what we do collectively first, right, together. And I wanna talk about Sunday worship services, right? Our experience here in church, specifically this one hour of worship that we share together each week. You know, we call this time on Sundays a worship service. And that's a pretty good description, right? Because like I said earlier, the words glorify and honor and worship, they're all synonymous. So in other words, the primary reason we come together every Sunday is not to check off some kind of box, not to keep God's anger at bay from us in case we don't come, not to glorify Jesus so every element of our service is designed toward that end, where we can experience his grace anew and where we can express our gratitude again, right? And so think about the elements of a typical Sunday morning service. A big part of that is music, right? Where we sing songs to God and we sing songs about God. And as we do, we are continuing this unbroken lineage of praise that we see modeled and commanded in the Bible, both the Old and the New Testaments. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, Paul tells us, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. Our creative God has designed us in such a way that when we sing truth, it sinks into us far more deeply and stirs us far more emotionally than if we just speak it. So it's okay. It's okay if you cry when we sing these worship songs together. There is no shame in that. Actually, there's often healing in that. There's peace in that. Same with other expressions like smiling, closing your eyes, clapping, lifting your hands. Now, I know we're all wired differently, right? Some of you are more demonstrative. Others of us are more detached. So our experience isn't going to look identical on the outside, which is fine. 
Because what's going on on the inside of you is what's most important, right? It's responding with humility before the greatness of our God, responding with gratitude to the goodness of our God. And so Pastor Billy here in Saginaw, Jessica, and Bay City, their teams, they do such a great job of planning and praying and practicing and preparing, even before you see them on a Sunday. Why? So that the Holy Spirit can use this vehicle of worship music to engage your eternal soul with the eternal God. Now there are a couple uh, specifics here under worship music and that heading that I want you to know about. Things that can help you glorify Jesus, not just in the hour we share, but even beyond that. First, every week, you may not know this, but every week through our social media, we post our worship playlist from both campuses on Spotify. Spotify is this popular music streaming service. It's free to join, and so if you follow Hopevale on Facebook, our playlists are there. They're posted that same Sunday afternoon. So what? So you can tap back into those songs and keep on listening all week long. Second, I'm pleased to tell you that next month, Friday, October 18th, we are hosting a night of worship. A night of worship, yeah, I heard a little woohoo. that's all right, yeah. Right here in the Saginaw Auditorium, it's going to be led by Pastor Billy and teams from both campuses. We try to do this a couple times a year to give you an opportunity for those of us who leave Sundays wanting more, right? It's this extended time of glorifying Jesus, Jesus and worshiping God through song, right? Always an incredible experience. If you haven't been to one yet, I want to encourage you to come, and we'll tell you more about it as the date gets closer. Worship music. But that's just one element of our service. It's also the giving moment, right? The giving moment where we take up our offering each week to give you the opportunity to worship God through your financial generosity. Yes, your giving glorifies Jesus. It does. So that when Jesus himself taught that we are not capable of serving, we're not capable of worshiping both God and money at the same time, that there can only be one number one in our lives, he wants us to prove that, to prove it with our loyalty, that our actions speak louder than our words. And so when we give back to the Lord, we make a loud, we make a bold statement in God we trust. Now worship giving today doesn't look like it did years ago. Here at Hopewell, over 40% Our giving now is done online, which isn't better or worse, it's just different. And so if you're an online giver and you don't put anything in the plate when it passes by, don't sweat it, because in the end, it's not what other people think, right? It's what God sees. And what God sees, both the action of the gift and the motive of the heart. Listen, I don't talk frequently about giving in my messages. First, because we're not that pleading, desperate kind of church where every week is a crisis, right? But second... Many of you are already incredibly generous, and you do give sacrificially, so thank you for that. But I bet that there are some of you here who do want to give more regularly, and you want to build this habit into your life, but you don't know how. Well, there are a couple ways you can do that. You can stop by our welcome centers at both lobbies and request giving envelopes if you want to do that physically every week with the offering plate, or you can go to our website and check the giving tab, right? To give online, you can do one-time gifts there, or you can set up ongoing gifts weekly, monthly, that's what we do in our home, or whatever it works for you, right? I mean, I'll be honest, I would love to see more of you give to the Lord. I would, but you know what? I'm not saying that out of a guilt motivation. No, I'm saying that out of a grace motivation. It's because of gratitude that we give back to Jesus, the one who gave his all for us. Music, giving, and of course there's the message, right? The message where every week we open the word of God, the Bible, which lifts up the Son of God, Jesus, so that the Holy Spirit of God can take the love of God and work that into your heart, and when he does from there, to send you out for the kingdom of God into your world. I cannot tell you how many times I have people come up and tell me that they felt like I was speaking directly to them. Listen, that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit. Something happens, right? The Spirit stirring your soul, inviting you even deeper into this capital L life that Jesus wants you to enjoy. That's why in addition to the message itself, we provide complimentary pieces like the sermon questions handout, right, that you can pick up, take notes on one side, answer questions on the other side during the week, right, just to engage with the message deeper. It's why we put sermon notes on our Bible app 
through the YouVersion app, right, where you can, again, follow along with the message. It's also why we record all the services and put those online by the end of the day in, ha- in case you don't make it here for a Sunday, right, to engage, to engage, to engage. And there's so much more we could say about Sundays at Hope Hill, right? We share communion together each month as the Lord commanded us. We celebrate baptisms throughout the year. We have special post-service times of prayer every month with our elders and church leaders, which, by the way, will happen next Sunday at both campuses, and on and on it goes, where this overarching prayer for all of it is that it would lead us to glorify Jesus in everything. So maybe, maybe your takeaway today is simply to make Sundays here a greater priority in your life. To make Sundays here a greater priority in your life. Again, not as one more thing you have to do, but as something you get to do, as something you want to do, and quite frankly, for the health of your spiritual soul, something you need to do. Listen, coming to church regularly doesn't make you a Christian, but coming to church regularly Engaging in worship will help you grow as a Christian. It will. So if you are feeling stuck spiritually, maybe the simple answer is just making weekly worship here your first priority, not your last resort. So there's this experience we have collectively of what it means to glorify Jesus and everything. But as I begin to wind down, I want to talk about what you do personally and how you live the other 167 hours of your week. So one hour on Sunday here is great, but guess what? We leave here and we've got the rest of Sunday, Monday, and the rest of the week. And so if the goal of our lives is to experience even more of this capital L life with Jesus, by following him more fully as our Lord, then a lot of us got to think differently about our faith. We need to think differently about our faith. You know, so many of us, We're brought up to think of church as a box to check off, right? We're motivated by the big have to, guilt, right? So that God won't be mad at us. Listen, that is not life. No, rather we gather for one hour on Sundays so that we will be encouraged, we will be empowered to glorify Jesus all throughout the rest of our week, whatever that holds in store for us. I mean, think back to the life diagram, right? In those three concentric circles. Life with Jesus isn't meant to be a compartment of your life. It's meant to be the core of your life. Life with Jesus isn't meant to be a compartment of your life. It's meant to be the core of your life. Some of us treat our faith like, you know, those segmented styrofoam plates, right, where the peas don't touch the mashed potatoes and gravy that don't don't touch the fried chicken, right? So we've got our Jesus box, we've got our family box, we've got our work box, we've got our friend box, you know? No. We're to live out of a core, not a compartment where life with Jesus spills over into every hour of our week, every area of our life. Now, if you've been around Hopevale for a while, you know this isn't the first time we've talked about this, right? No, thinking about our Christian faith in a comprehensive way, not a, compre- not a compartmentalized way, but comprehensive, is what launched this whole 168 idea in our church a few years back, right? 168. That to glorify Jesus in everything means we're talking about every hour of your week and every area of your life. 168, there are 24 hours in a day, multiplied by seven days in our week. Put those together and you get 168 hours, right? That's how many you and I get every single week. No more, no less. Never changes. Doesn't matter if you're young, old, married. Widowed, single, divorced, male, female, rich, poor, famous, obscure, it's all the same for us, isn't it? We all get 168 hours, which means as Jesus' followers, motivated by grace and gratitude, we want to glorify Jesus in everything. No hour of our life is more sacred than the other. They all matter. Every hour of our week, not just one hour on Sunday, in every area of our life. That is capital L life. Well, ever since we first started talking about this 168 concept, it really took off. And one of the reasons it did, it had to do with, what, the sticker, right? Do you remember the sticker? We put on the phone, laptop, bathroom, mirror, car, dashboard, some place where you're going to see it often as a reminder, what, of the, the privilege, the pleasure it is to glorify Jesus in everything. Now, 
I'm not sure if you can see this, but I put mine on my phone. It's a little beat up, right? But I put it on my phone because this is where my life comes together, right? Text, email, calendar, reminders. It's the way I stay on top of my work. It's the way I get a hold of my family. It's the way I get my news. I take in my entertainment. I manage my finance. It's all right here. It is a reminder that Jesus isn't just Lord over the Sunday morning me, but Jesus is Lord over the workday me. He's Lord over the Friday night me. And same with you. And as John 10.10 promises us, the more fully I follow Jesus as my Lord, the more I surrender my life to him, the more I'm going to experience this life that is found in him. And so today, after this service, in the welcome center, in the lobby of both campuses, we've got stickers, right? Hand out more stickers if you have a new phone or you've never got one to pick up, put on your phone case or wherever you want to put it, right? Because this is what it is. We want to be filled with a church that wants to glorify Jesus and everything. Now get this. In the spirit of every great infomercial you've ever seen, I get to say those four legendary words, okay? But that's not all, (laughs) right? (laughs) But that's not all because for the very first time, we are also introducing these even larger 168 stickers for the back window of your car if you drive well, right? Um, For your laptop, for your window, whatever. But you know what? Here's the thing. The sticker's a declaration. It's a declaration to yourself. It's a declaration to the God who loves you. It's a declaration to each other. It's a declaration to the world around you that you are no longer living for yourself. That you are now living 168 for Jesus, your Savior, for Jesus, your Lord, the one who died for you and rose again. This is what it means to glorify Jesus in everything. Well, as I close, I want to share one last passage of Scripture with you because to me, this one helps tie everything together. When we talk about glorifying Jesus in everything, when we talk about a motivation that is both proper and powerful. It's a verse that comes out of the Psalms, and it's a verse that actually became my theme passage while I was away on sabbatical this summer. It's Psalm 116, verse 12. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? When I think about my life, when I wake up every day, how do we respond to all the grace that Jesus has given me. I mean, this right here is the heart of a 168 Jesus follower. Someone who is not motivated by guilt, but rather they're motivated by grace. They're motivated by gratitude. Because guess what? You and I can never do enough to pay Jesus back for all he's done for us. But thankfully, that's not the point. No, Jesus paid our debt in full. We are forgiven. We are free. And now we are free to live with Jesus. Right? Life with a capital L. And how do we do that? It is just simply responding to the goodness of Jesus in our lives. Every hour of our week and every area of our life. This is what it means to glorify Jesus in everything. So let's be those kind of people. Let's be that kind of church. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, there's a sense when we come to this service and we hear these words where we can be overwhelmed in a bad way or a good way. The thought of glorifying you, Jesus, and everything can be overwhelming in a negative way if we look at it through the lens of pressure. Something else we have to do, we gotta do. But thank you that your life, your death, your resurrection changes it all. And because of your deep, abiding love for us, our have to changes to a we get to, changes to we want to, right? Where we experience your grace, where we express our gratitude. 
And God, we want to do that every Sunday we gather, both locations, right? To glorify you and our time together. But that it wouldn't stop there, that as we're sent out into the remainder of our week, we would glorify you, Jesus, in a 168 kind of way, in everything, every hour of our week, every area of our life, because it all matters. It all counts, and it is all pleasing to you. So God, um, my prayer is for all of us, right? No two of us are in the exact same spot. Some of us are coming back to you. Some of us need to be shaken by you. Others of us need to be comforted by you. Whatever it is, speak the word into our hearts and renew the wonder of this amazing gift of salvation in Jesus Christ that leaves us speechless. Those words of amazement, Lord, how can it be? How can it be? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and respond in worship.
that song just nails it, right? Jesus, you gave your life to give me mine. Life with a capital L. That's what Jesus has for us, and we are forever grateful. Next week, we're going to continue our life series. We'll talk about what that core, right, life with Jesus looks like as we grow in our faith as Jesus followers. But as you go from here, may you go filled with the life that Jesus has for you. God bless you.